Welcome to In The Loop Podcast, a podcast that is inspired by the breakaway roping lifestyle. I'm your host, Jordan Joe, professional rodeo athlete, NFR qualifier, and business owner. My goal is to promote the sport of breakaway roping, alongside with celebrating and highlighting elite competitors in and out of the arena. This podcast shares the raw and the real of breakaway roping, bringing you behind-the-scenes stories from competitors, producers, leaders, and the trailblazers, all sharing stories of the Western culture and the lifestyle that they live daily. Join me to talk about breakaway roping, the history, the present, and the future of our sport. If you want to be in the loop, you're in the right place. Thank you for joining us. Take a listen. Okay, guys, today we are here with Shelly Scribner, one of the ladies that I have gotten to be good friends with through breakaway roping. And I'm so thankful that I've met Shelly. You know, Shelly used to be intimidating intimidating to me because she rides a really big stout bay horse and she's a fierce competitor and she doesn't talk to you unless spoken to. And so I made her talk to me and now that's why we're friends. Thanks for having me. We're having fun here today. We're just really excited about talking on this podcast and all of the things breakaway roping. But Shell, I mean, I want you to tell me a little bit about how you got into breakaway roping. You know, I know you guys are live you live close to Caldwell, Idaho. JJ and I got to stay at your house a little bit this summer, which was super helpful and thankful. We got to rope some calves there. It's beautiful there in the summer. It is horrid there in the winter. We were just talking about how bad the winter has been and rough, and there's just not a whole lot of roping around there. So tell me a little bit about how you got started in breakaway roping and and where your love came from. Okay. Um, Well, I don't think my start was probably much different than anybody else's. And um, I grew up in a real small town in Burns, Oregon. So Harney County, it's Eastern Oregon. Um, my family, we had, we had a small ranch. We had, we helped people. So we branded a lot. We always moved cows. Um, and then we rodeoed, we didn't rodeo probably as early as like my kids rodeo now, but we went to some peewee rodeo type stuff and then mm-hmm. high school rodeo, college rodeo. And, um, there's a guy that lives there, J.W. Rose. He's lived in Burns. And my parents always took me there to rope. And we did all the events. We didn't just break away. And so, but J.W. really helped me with my breakaway roping as a kid. Um, mm-hmm. I'm sure he thought I was never going to get it. <laughs> most, and, I think most <laughs> men probably do when they're helping yeah, us any I mean, age. He still helps me today. But so he probably, you know, as a kid, the most helped me. And my parents brought me over here to Idaho to Bob Johnson's barn. He helped me a lot. Um, and then from there I went to college, same deal, did every event in college. And I think that's maybe when I got a little bit better at breakaway, but still I would say I tied goats and ran barrels even better than I breakaway roped back then. And then after college, I was a nanny slammer. Ooh, I could see it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So graduated college with a nursing degree. Um, and did that. I moved up here close to Boise and my sister and I were both up here and I worked, but we, I always had my horses. I had two good horses at the time and there was amateur rodeos up here, jackpots, things like that, but nothing, nothing like there is today, but we amateur rodeoed. And, and at that time I, I'd say I pretty much breakaway roped and ran barrels. 
uh, took on some travel nursing jobs where I could go to Arizona in the winter and, or yeah, in the winter and then up here in the summers. And at that time, there was nothing like there is in Arizona. There was barrel races and um, team ropings. So I team roped a lot. I had bought a colt at the time, a four-year-old from Shellman's out of Burns. I had a ranch horse sale, and I was bound and determined to be a barrel racer. So I made him a decent barrel horse. Um, did that a lot in the winters, still amateur rodeoed and whatever. And then when the rodeos kind of got going up here, Jennifer Casey got the rodeos into some of our pro rodeos up here. And I could be speaking out of line, but I think we were the first to have the Columbia river was the first to have us in their circuit finals. Yeah, I believe so. So we, yeah, so we went to a few and that's, uh, I took that same, that bay horse that I was um, running barrels on. I was roping on him and running barrels. And I actually made what was the permit finals. I, for the barrel race, but I won that. And then I ended up second at the circuit finals on the same horse in the breakaway. So that was fun. And then it just, from there, it just really evolved. And it was like, well, I don't really want to be a barrel racer and he's not that great of a barrel horse. And so we, I started focusing more and more on the breakaway. And then since then, I think that was in 2017. So from then, you know, we've just got more and more rodeos up here. I'm right on the border of the Columbia River in the wilderness circuit. So I've went both directions. And now I solely focus on the breakaway. Um, I run barrels once in a great while with my little girl at some jackpots to get her going. And that's about it. Other than that, I just, I'm trying to go to as many pro rodeos as I can. And I can fit in with, with what everything else we have going on. Well, and there's just a lot to so, unpack there and and that I want to just go through. But one thing I want to start and I want to touch on is you you talk you said you went and you, you got your nursing degree and then and then you went and you did travel nursing and and all those things. So one thing that I am so proud of in in breakaway ropers and, and as as a community is that there's a lot of ropers and, and just a, a proud accomplishment that have education that have went to college that have their undergraduate their master's degrees because that was something before pro rodeos came along and were huge and we thought hey this might or might not work the alternative for us was was getting a job and roping just like you you still do and and a lot of us still do um you know having a career and then roping it was like your career was you know your family then your career and then you rope and so I am so proud of it. There's so many women and there's so many ladies that are within our sport of breakaway roping that are highly educated women. So talk to me a little bit about your nursing and and where that's taken you and just how that all kind of has tied in with breakaway roping and allowed you some freedom to do that. Okay. Um, so my career has always been very important. My pa- parents pushed education, obviously, first and foremost, and it's probably good there wasn't the rodeos back then that there are now because I might have <laughs> would not I have might have went rogue. <laughs> <laughs> I might have been the kid that went rogue. But um yeah, so I went to college at Lewis Clark State College. I did go on a full ride scholarship and Mike and Karen Fuller, who are now in, in Arizona, they were my coaches and they were so good to me. And I did. I got through nursing school and then I took a job as as a regular, I was a surgical nurse in Boise. Uh and I honestly didn't like working every other weekend. It was every other weekend, whether 
you wanted to or not. And it was like, well, I got things to do on yeah. the weekends. And I got so, places to be. Don't you guys know places this? To be. Come on, <laughs> so, people. So then I thought, well, maybe the travel nurse thing would be good for me. And I was single. And so I, I went down to Arizona in the winters and then, and then I took a job at actually where I'm at right now. And I, again, I was still just a regular nurse, um, on the floors. I floated a lot of places so I could work in, in most departments that were down in Arizona. And then I always stayed up on the medical surgical pediatric floor here in Ontario, Oregon, when I came home and I became really good friends with my manager, Kathy Pimentel. She's now a huge part of my program too, but she, um, she was the manager. So she hired me on. Mm -hmm. I stayed, um, full-time as a, just a nurse. We worked 312. So it was good. You could work your schedules. And, um, then I, then I started taking some management type roles, a clinical um, coordinator, some interim management jobs. And then I eventually took on the manager job in 2011 here. So I manage all the medical, surgical pediatrics, and I also manage the infusion and cancer care suites. So before COVID, I managed 70 to 75 nurses. Now with the nursing shortages and where we're at, it's probably closer to 40 to 50 nurses. But my job is, it is, it is a big job, and it, but it's a Monday through Friday job and it's a salaried position. Mm-hmm. And although I have some pretty big expectations, I am very, very fortunate that I don't miss kids events. I have the weekends and holidays off. I have a dang good PTO package. And so it allows me still not to do exactly what I want to do. I mean, I have to, I have to do a pretty good balancing act, but I don't, I don't ever miss a kid's event. And that's probably my number one priority. And, and I can work around, you know, the rodeos that I want to get to or need to get to. I can't always, I can't always trade when people call and they want what you have and things like that. I mean, there's times it's like, I gotta have that, even though right. sometimes what I have isn't the best. It's like, I gotta have that because I'm gonna be driving all night to make it to work in the morning. And mm-hmm. that might be something that people that don't have a job don't realize. Cause they're like, Oh, please. Right. You well, only go to I, 40 rodeos a year. Trade me, <laughs> you yeah. know? And I think that that's something that we've learned. And I really just kind of want to dive into that right now because, okay, you know, obviously we've done this for two to three years now. There's several of us. And then I know there's always new people coming in and everything like that. But everybody, for the record, kind of has an idea of when they would like to go at a certain place. And one thing that I think, and, and you'll have to tell me what your thoughts, this is just my opinion, but the amateur rodeos kind of trained me. And so I would look at the book and I'd be like, all right, I can go here slack. The next morning, they're slack. The next night, they're a perf. You know, how can I make them all work? That's kind of how down here in Texas, that uh, that's how I learned to rodeo is like, I might go to four places in less than 24 hours. And I think that I try, I have tried applying that at pro rodeos. I wouldn't recommend it. Uh, it's not good for your health, your face or your diet. Yeah, no horses either. But um, that is one thing I think we look at the, we look at the listings and we look at the rodeos and we're like, okay, how can I make them all work? And there's a hundred and some plus girls that are all trying to make them all work. And so there's always going to be people that hit and get what they want, but that's that's not even, that's very rarely going to happen. I mean, sometimes you're going to have to choose, pick and choose where you go and, and which rodeos are take precedence to others. Like you do have to sacrifice. And there are so many people that do have jobs, you know, just like 
my job, I'm so fortunate because I work on my computer and so I can work from wherever. And, but just like you, your job, you can't work from wherever. And I know several times I've talked to you at rodeos this past summer and you would be up in this perf or, and, or slack after, and then you would be driving all night to get back to your job at 8 a.m. the next morning. You know, sometimes Joel was with you, sometimes one of your kids was with you, but very rarely it was you by yourself because that's what you want to do. So, and I just want to touch on you, you a little bit ago. You said you manage 75 people. Like, holy cow. I can't even fathom <laughs> that. That's a lot of people. But now I'm like, okay, this is great because now you're, you've learned structure. You know how to be a leader. So how has that, talk a little bit about how that's applied to your roping and your rodeo mentality as being a manager and a leader uh, in your workplace. Well, I think, I think I have learned a lot and I think, time management probably is my biggest and I learned this at my job but I also went through Donnie Taylor's program and she taught me you don't just plan your day you plan it every 15 minutes and I I have lived that is one thing that I have my outlook calendar at work and I live and die by that and if it isn't planned I can't fit it in I mean if I can't squeeze it in a 15 minute time slot and book it, then it's not going to happen. And there are times, I mean, my kids, and there's going to be a time that I have to make some different choices. But right now, my kids are in everything. They're in baseball, they're in football, they're in basketball, they're in skiing, they're in 4-H. I mean, we're going 100 different directions. And so it gets to the point, I got to schedule when I'm going to rope that dummy today, and when I'm going to fit in that I'm going to rope myself. And I stick to it. So if somebody calls and says, Hey, is there any chance you could be, or Joel say Joel calls and says, Hey, I got to pick up in. Can you come pick me up? No, no, you were not scheduled today to be picked (laughs) up at five o'clock. I love you. you. No, (laughs) yeah, no, fine. Right. So time management has been something that I, I honestly feel I excel at. I mean, I can cram a lot into a day and if it's scheduled, I I'll get it done. I will get it done. If I just say, I'll make sure I rope every night tonight. No, I won't because something will come in on top of it. So that's mm-hmm. been huge. And then just dealing with just just knowing how to say no, I think, and setting boundaries and knowing what you can do and you can't do. I mean, my job's taught me a lot. And my job is, I am, I mean, there's things I love and hate about my job, but I am so fortunate that there are days that I can work from home. So I can do some meetings, like when we were up in Gooding Slack, I could be on my phone in the pickup all the way there and listen and collaborate and whatever I need. And then, yeah, I had to, I had to get back to work that afternoon, things like that. But I mean, it's not perfect. And like you said, there's, I swore last year, I wasn't going to drive all night and I might've made it through March, but with my kids involved in everything and their junior rodeo and now, and that's important to me, there's a lot of nights I can't get what I, I mean, I could probably get what I want, but I got to take what I can take. And so I'm up in a lot of the first perfs and then I am driving all night. And I have always, I've always been a dreamer and a believer and a doer. And I took on stock contracting a lot of those rodeos because I had some calves. And so I'd, I wouldn't just drive all night. I'd drive all night and pull in, throw all my stuff out of the trailer, throw the kids stuff in, haul a load of calves to the rodeo, come home, get my kids out of bed. And Joel and I would go to the junior rodeo. Mm-hmm. And so those are, I mean, so them. I've learned that some of that stuff this year, I'm going to say no to, you know, like we're not going to do that. I'm still going to have to drive all night if I don't want to miss kids stuff. 
but yeah, there's, there's definitely perfs that I have to take whether I like them or not, if I want to go to that rodeo. Right. Well, and, and one, a couple things I love obviously is you're a mom first and your kids do come first. And that is a priority to you. And that is a no boundaries, no go zone. They're going to come first. You're going to meet their events. And I think that that is so neat to look as as a mother uh, and, and as a career woman. And then also as a passion and drive to do your sport and be competitive. But the thing I love about you and and you are an inspiration to so many because, okay, yeah, I'm sitting here like my notebook is full of all these notes. I'm like, good gosh. Like I thought I had a lot going on. Like, and I don't even have kids. I just have two weenie dogs, but I mean, you got a lot going on. You know, you're a stock contractor, you're a mom, you're a wife, you're a nurse, you're a breakaway roper, you're, you're a cook. I mean, just so many different things, so many different irons in the fire, but you're making those choices and you're setting your priorities. So how, how did you, can you give some advice and some strategy to people that I know as women that we are so strong, and we have so many different attributes that are such great qualities. But I know that we also have some attributes that are maybe not the best. And one of those is sometimes overcommitting for me. Mm-hmm. I'll just say for me, overcommitting and also you know not being able to say no and and setting those boundaries, whether it's time management or commitments or whatever that looks like, all the things you're involved in. So how what were some things that you did? And that you continue to do to be able to create that time management, to create that strategy, to create those boundaries, to make all these irons in the fire keep burning. I love to rope. Like if you're my friend and I call you, that's all I talk about. Like, I mean, I have Lori Pursefield here in town and Nikki. I mean, I call them and I'm sure they're like, we could care less. And I'm like, did you see this open? Did you watch this? Did you see that? <laughs> and where are you going to go this weekend? And this is what I'm going to do. And how am I going to make this work? I mean, that's all I like. I love to rope and I want like sometimes I look and I know there's no easy way to get there but I look at the Texans or or anybody but I'm just like oh that's what I want to do I want to just live on the road and but in reality I'm gonna have to get there a different way I mean my way is gonna have to be different that didn't answer the question at all but I just I have such a drive and perseverance I think because I've had a lot I mean, I haven't had anything too horrible happen, but I mean, I've had some bad luck along the way, as has everybody. And, but I just want to do it so bad. And I just, I have such a drive that regardless of what gets put in front of me or what the kids have going or what I have responsibilities at work, I'm going to find a way. I've always found a way. And it's, I've got into some incredible places that I never dreamed I'd get into. I got into the tour finale at Salinas and I'm sure none of you knew who I was when I got there. It was like all the top girls and then Shelly. And, but that I just, Shelly. I just took off through California by myself and I'm like, I'm going to do this. And I've always found a way to make it work. Like I'm not, I'm not a quitter. I've got a lot of drive and a lot of determination. I've got, a goal and I'm going to find a way to do it. And if that means I have kids and we're a little circus down the road, then that's what it's going to be. And they've, my kids have had to sacrifice too. I'm not saying that it is all for the kids. I mean, I've drugged my kids down the road. We've <laughs> ate at every concession stand. I've, they've slept in the back seat, and I'm not proud of it, but I've dropped them off at school the next morning when we got home. I mean, it's, 
they've sacrificed for me just like I've sacrificed for them. So, and I just hope in the end, they, they see you can, no matter what curveball is thrown at you or what you have in life, if you have something you want to do, you go do it. Well, I mean, I'm just sitting here grinning from ear to ear. I mean, I feel like there's just a wave of confidence just washed over me. I just want to like put my arms up, you know, and just, yeah, like Rocky <laughs> running up those steps. But it's true. And and one thing I want to touch on and I want to open this conversation, like let's talk about the elephant in the room. Okay. One thing I love about, I'm going to say breakaway ropers and women in general, just like you said, I have a goal and I'm going to, by golly, I'm going to find a way no matter what my circumstances are. And I love that. I love it. And here's another thing. Everybody's circumstances are different. Mm -hmm. Everybody has different avenues, different opportunities, different challenges. Everybody is different. And I think that the hardest part about breakaway roping and traveling and pro rodeoing is, you know, it's really easy to get on social media and everything looks good. Every you mm-hmm. know, living the dream, going down the road. Um, you know, breakaway roping is is my job or isn't my job. I mean, and, and I'm not criticizing either way. I've done it both ways. You know, I am not able to just breakaway rope. I do have other things that supplement my income. I have my marketing business, this podcast, you know, but that's a choice I've made. Not that I couldn't, but I do I have my husband and I, and we have we have goals and dreams and ambitions that I'm so thankful breakaway roping. It's come through breakaway roping, but it also is bigger than breakaway roping for us too. And so I've got to keep that into perspective, but everybody does it different. And so I think that that's something that's not talked about enough is like, well, I wish I could just go and breakaway rope and have a million horses and whatever and whatever and whatever and just do it like them. No. I want to stop that conversation right now because I want everybody to do it like you do it. You do it like Shelly does it. I'm going to do it like Jordan does it. And there is no shame or blame in that. And I think that that is so neat to talk about is just listening to all the ways you do it and all the things you do to make it happen. That's amazing because there's other people that do it different and we really don't know how they make it happen or why, or yeah. but it's really none of our business. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, And I've got a good example on that. I remember the first year, it was either the first or second year that Cheyenne had the breakaway. I think it was the first year. But anyways, I, I, that was when I was going through Donning's thing. Mm -hmm. And I remember I was sitting at home up until Cheyenne. So I was home and I was practicing and I mean, it had to been the first year because I was super excited. I mean, I'm going to try Cheyenne and, but I'm sitting at home practicing and the other girls are out there rodeoing and mm-hmm. I remember telling Donnie and I was like I'm gonna be so far behind the eight ball I mean they're out there in competition going every day I have nowhere to go and they're out there just rodeo to rodeo to rodeo they're gonna be so much more ready and she goes do you know how bad they'd like to go home and practice and I'm like what why would they want to go home and practice but then after I met all you guys staying at my house, I mean, and a then lot you of let us practice there and it was like, and they're you like gold and silver shekels. <laughs> yeah, and they're like, thank you. you want? And so I think we get in our head all the time that like, that's what we want to do. And there's so mm-hmm. much that those girls want of what we have too. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, it's just because it's not what you see, like you said, we have 
so many great things in our lives that they might be missing out on too, or even just missing home. Yeah. Well, and, so. and just like the, the, the challenge, there are great things. There are great things to, to your life, to everybody, you know, the other girls' lives, but there's also challenges, you know, and that's one thing like I'm trying to be better at is I'm a horrible recovering perfectionist. I mean, like <laughs> I'm bad at it, girl. Like it's a problem. And like, it's, it's such a vulnerable place for me to not be perfect. And I don't even know why, but I, I am. It's hard for me. It's a challenge. And so it's like, you, you talk about some of these things and like, oh yeah, getting to do it. And I'm like, there's so many things. Like I would, that was hard for me because amateur rodeo and we, we'd go out and we'd like hash it out, grind it out, you know, no sleep, water burger, fries, give me the smoothie. I'm going to take it, you know, and then you'd come home and run, run them all week. And then you'd go back after it. And you're around the people you love. You're around your support system. You're you're riding different horses. You're roping. You're whatever that looks like. You know, working out, staying fit, whatever. And then, but it's not like that out there. You know, you don't. I didn't come home for three months last year. Three months yeah. did not. And I didn't like one time didn't get to see my husband for more than thirty days. And like that was hard for me. And and, it, and then you're trying to do. I mean, so there's there is strengths. There's great things and there's challenging things from both sides of it but I just would love to encourage everybody like find the good in it or or maybe be like man I would love to do that and try it you know when my time is there or, or if it if it isn't or if I can't whatever it what do what works for you and be the best at it and be great at it and not focus on like oh I wish I did this or that because I promise you those people have bigger challenges you just don't know about them yeah no for sure and it's not, I don't think it's easy for anybody. There's nobody, there's nobody out there that's set their goals and went after them. That was like, well, that was a piece of cake. Try I, wish. I mean, it, it's hard that for everybody. Martin and... Luther. <laughs> yeah, I have a dream. It's a running joke between us. I'll tell you guys later, but yeah, no. So let's talk a little bit about horses. I am, one thing I love about you is you, you've trained your horses. Talk a little bit about you know, the horses that you guys have and, and how you've kind of learned and what's worked and what hasn't on training your own rope horses. Yeah, I don't, I wouldn't say I'm a horse trainer or that I've trained my own. Um, I, I have, um, I have very few horses. I think that's another thing. Um, so I do have to get sometimes go with what I got, but, um, mm -hmm. growing up, like I'd say through the high school and college, I had two horses that were ranch raised horses. Um, and my mom was instrumental in both those. I had a mare genie that I just put to sleep this last summer, but, or fall, but, um, and then blaze, both those were family horses. They were off ranches. Uh, well, blaze was off the track of a family members. And then, um, genie, she was like my claim to fame. I feel like but she came off a ranch in Burns mm -hmm. and he graciously gave her through college. They were all started like outside cowboy in. That mare on us, I mean, my mom helped so much get those horses going and has always made good horses, but that mare, you gave her a job and she's like, oh, all right, I'll do that. And she would do it and she would do it well. And I had her, I had her whole, whole life and she gave me a lot of confidence and taught me how to win. After her, I bought that four-year-old I took to Arizona. His name was Scooter, another mm -hmm. horse that was a four-year-old bought out of Burns off a ranch. So a horse that was started, he'd had bulls roped off of him. He'd been cowboyed on. So again, these horses have pretty good foundations, mm -hmm. you know, and then you can, you take them and, and make them like you want. I would say I made him 
the barrel horse he is and the and the breakaway horse he is I still use him for both things um but I they're only as good as my ability which that's anybody is, it, it is and what everybody it is. So, so then I bought when he was getting older I just randomly again went back to that same ranch horse sale where I'd bought scooter and I don't know, I was just in the mood to buy a horse and I bought a mare. <laughs> I bought a mare named Drag for cheap that, um, again, st- all she'd been is cowboyed on. Um, I had Wade Rainey, you know, ride her a little bit. She couldn't lope a great circle, but she could real cowy, real stoppy. That mare and I took off. I mean, same deal. She just, she was amazing. And I took that horse down to the American. I qualified one year and w- went and tried that. And she'd never been, she'd never been through a barrier. We'd just been kind of pin roping at home. And I was, I hadn't won anything. And I thought, oh, what the heck? I'm going to try drag. I backed her in the box at those American qualifiers. I think I was like a two, three and a two, four, which in Texas is still too long. That's really hard in North side. I'll just say (laughs) North side. Well, that was the old North side too. That's not even the current North side. Like it used to be set up different. And that was, it's not easy to rope in that setup. Oh, it, it didn't win anything either, but it, I was just like, I was going to try something different. And that mare was unbelievable in a pressure situation that she shouldn't have been in. And that's kind of when I got, I got kind of hooked with Joe Beaver and got him up here. Um, and he helped me finish her and we took, we went one year and well, we didn't really get to go to the pro rodeos because we went to the amateur rodeos. I was just kind of seasoning her and she broke her leg in practice. One day I ran one calf and broke her leg. And mm. that's when it was like the carpet was jerked out from under me. And, but I knew, and I've always known if I quit with everything I got going on, if I quit, I won't, I mean, you can say I'll, I'll be, I'll be back in 10 years when my kids are grown up. I don't, I don't know. It'd be, it'd be so hard to stay at this level if you walked away from it. And so I went out, I, we, my sister put her down, my sister's a vet and, um, we put her down. And then I remember that night I had some friends come over and I was outside roping the dummy and they said, you don't have to rope the dummy today. And I said, yeah, I do. Like, I got to keep going. And I, Mm -hmm. I went, so then I, I had scooter, which he's, he's great. I mean, that horse has, has took me a lot of places and in a bind, he's great, but he's after having drag, he just wasn't the caliber to compete right. at those rodeos. And so I, um, I went and bought a young horse. I, I mean, I had money. She wasn't insured. And so I, I went and bought a young horse, which cost too much money. And he had, he was, he was a great prospect. And had I had the time he'd have made, he'd have made a great little breakaway horse too, but I've since sold him. But right after I got home with him, one of my, one of my husband's friends, um, Brad Carpenter, he's from up Perry calf ropes. And he called and he said, Hey, I'm thinking about selling. I'm thinking about selling my calf horse. Would you come? But it, it, breakaway's really taken off. Will you come make a video of him and maybe I can get him sold. And I mean, I'm, I'm without horse at this moment. Right. I can't go to any rodeos. I mean, I'm home roping dummy. And so I go to his house and I run and he's like, just run all 10. He gets better and better. The more you go. And I ran all 10 and it was just, it was just one of those deals. Like, this is the horse. This is what I got to have. Yeah. And so he's like, well, why don't you just take him? And that's kind of when I met Aaron. That's a whole nother story, Aaron Johnson. And so I took him, we went to Redmond place there in both rounds in the short round. And then he let me take him to a women's time event. The So you think you're a cowgirl that I put on. 
and people were calling and they're like, Hey, can I try that horse? And I'm like, man, I don't know when I'm really, I don't know. When I'd be <laughs> I'm so busy. And, I can't fit I mean, you into my schedule. So sorry. Real busy out here, but I'll <laughs> let you know when I get home. And I mean, I just kept putting people off and I, he told me I had to be home for an amateur rodeo that him and me and my sister were all entered in. And I asked him if my sister could ride the horse. And he said, yeah. And I pulled in there and he entered the calf rope and we were both in the breakaway and all three of us placed bat like, oh God, I can't remember awesome. what, but all three of it. And I, I was walking in back with Brad to the trailer and I said, I don't know how I can pay for this horse, but I'm not going to sell him. I got to have him. <laughs> I have to have and him. he said, he's yours. I know you're good for it. We'll figure out a way he's yours. And oh gosh, it took me a little while, but I got the money to put together. And so he's, he's really what I got. I sold, I sold the other little horse I had bought that was green and I kept scooter and he's all I got. He's all I took this year. Um, I once in a while will ride, you know, I'll practice on scooter and whatnot. And if I had to, I'd take him, but there's just Rio has been a godsend to me. He was placed in my life when I needed him. Mm-hmm. And Brad lives here locally and helps me a lot. I mean, so I, I did spend the money. I bought a good horse. I had, I take no credit for Rio's ability and what he's done for me. I mean, if I need help and I make him a little, a little lax, I take him to Brad and Brad ropes calves on him and tunes him up. And I was very, very fortunate how he came into my life. Well, and I just, I have the goosebumps right now. I mean, Shell, you're really, really rocking my podcast right now, but, um, (laughs) I mean, what a fairy tale story and how neat. And I just, you know, I, I think we all have those horses that change our lives. And it, it's it's so cool to see, like, you go back and each horse has a different place in your heart and they t- you're roping. And it's like each and every one ties in and leads up and, and goes together. And and yes. then it's, I love how, like, you know, when you're looking, you, you you can't find anything. My husband's always told me that. I'm like, you know, yeah, whatever. You know, like, okay, whatever. But it's true. You know, when you're looking, they're few and far between. But when you're not, it's like that God puts them in your lap, you know. And yeah. um, I just think that's so cool. But I also love the tenacity that, you know, I agree with you. There, there are so many girls that are so stinking tough. You can't not that somebody's working at it if you're not end of story and you can't it's not anymore to where it's like oh yeah I'm just gonna do you know take a break no it's a full-time commitment in in the way that looks good for you you know and I love how you're like no I am I'm gonna rope the dummy I'm waiting for it and you just you stuck with it and that's just what kind of a person you are and I think that's so, and that's why you succeed. And that's why you have had success. You know, I, I think you undercredit yourself quite a bit here, Shell. You're like, oh yeah, I just ease over to Redmond and I placed in both rounds in the average. And then, oh, I, I made it to Salinas, but you know, no, heck no. You're, you're there for a reason. Everybody is there for a reason. And nobody got just like, oh, we feel sorry for you. We sh- you should come rope. No. That, that that's not the case in the breakaway roping. So yeah, quit giving yourself no credit there uh, because you you belong there and you were there for a reason and you won for a reason. But yeah, I think that's a pretty cool fairy tale story of, about Rio. And I know there were several girls this last summer that, and and I know that that's kind of a tricky situation as far as like mounting out and everything. But at the end of the day, it's got to make you feel good that these girls come to you and ask you to ride Rio because that's what kind of a horse he is. So I thought that was pretty cool too. Oh yeah. That one, that made my day. I mean, I, it, some of my goals are really stupid, but I, I really did want someone else to realize 
just what he is. And I mean, I know horsepower is so important in the breakaway and I know there's better horses out there than Rio and, but I don't take one single day for granted now that I had him that mare breaker leg. I mean, I know Rio could be done tomorrow. And so that's why I'm going to go where I want to go. And I hope other girls see his value. And I was, when JJ called me and was like, Hey, can I jump on Rio? I'm like, hell yeah, get yeah. on him. Yeah. I mean, cause, and you can win on, I'm like, and I knew she could win on him. Like it wasn't that I was like, Oh yeah. Somebody has to ride my horse. Cause you know, they were in a bind. I mean, I knew she had a chance to win on him mm-hmm. and I know it's hard to jump ride anybody's horse, but yeah, I but know. I think, I mean, that's so cool that, what a, an honor. I mean, I, I, you know, I, I think some people look at that wrong. They're like, oh, how dare she ask me to ride my horse instead of being like, yeah, that's awesome. She asked me to ride my horse. You know what I mean? Like, that's how good your horses are. And mm-hmm. so I just think that's a good perspective. But when I went down the road of becoming an entrepreneur, it was really one of the scariest things that I have ever done. But something I'm so thankful for now. I have literally started from the ground up with over 10 years of experience, and that is where Fabrizio Marketing originated from. Marketing can be very confusing and overwhelming, and if you're just starting your business or you're not sure which steps to take or how to take them, let us help. We can help you get started from the ground up with establishing your business, creating a logo, creating a brand for your business, designing a website, social media management, email marketing, you name it, we can do it. Let's get focused on growing your business and let me and my team do the hard work for you. Visit our website at FabrizioMarketing.com or you can email me at Jordan at FabrizioMarketing.com. We can't wait to work with you. Now let's get back to breakaway roping. I want to jump over and I want to talk a little bit about the Columbia River Circuit and just... I don't think that it's been reiterated enough that that circuit and a lot of you girls were the big trailblazers and the leaders to get this pro rodeo stuff off the ground. And and I think you said in 2017 was kind of when it started. And I remember, you know, the first year that they had some of those rodeos in the listings and even us, you know, a lot of girls in Texas were like, do we drive all the way to Oregon? Do we go to California? Do we go to Idaho? <laughs> like they're having one there, <laughs> you know, um, how exciting it was. And and just, man, I can still remember talking about some of those rodeos and then they put it in the circuit finals, you know, and I remember watching it on the Cowboy Channel and the circuit finals yeah. and just how cool that was. So talk a little bit about being a part of that moment in history and, you know, just, just what it meant to you to be a part of it. And, you know, you really were a foundation in the, in the breakaway roping world today. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I had nothing to do with that. Jennifer Casey deserves a lot of credit for what went on in the Northwest and what she got done. Um, I was just thankful that I was roping solid at that time. And it worked at when the Columbia river circuit kind of took us on a little bit. I mean, it wasn't a lot, there was, you know, Ellensburg and Cooley city and, she deserves all the credit for that. And then, yeah, we got put in early in the circuit finals, but we weren't always in the perf. We had to be, you know, in the morning before or whatever we were with mm-hmm. that, the barrel race and the, so, and then it, it really evolved from there where, I, where I live, I live right on the border of the Columbia river in the wilderness circuit. And so I, I claimed the Columbia river circuit for the first three years. Yeah. Mm-hmm. For the first three years, I went that direction because they did, they had, the most rodeos. And then when we got to go to Pendleton the first time, I can't remember how, how the 
approval was but it was only columbia river girls it was like yeah you, it was exclusive because or... i i even know yeah. some girls down here were talking about switching to, to the columbia river circuit <laughs> just so, <laughs> so they, they could, could go, go to, to pendleton yeah well and i remember jackie crawford asking me or something about why is it just you guys why does just columbia river get to go and i'm like <laughs> Get you some you of your own medicine. You got all of Texas. Why can't we have this? And so, but I do think, so I've been at, I've been at Pendleton every year since they've had it, which mm-hmm. um, I wouldn't say it gets any less nerve wracking any oh, year. No. I mean, but, but, you know, when I show up there now, it's like, we've been here five years now. Yeah, like, you sheesh. know, and there's girls that have never been. Um, so that's been really fun. Since then I have switched to the wilderness circuit now that everywhere has taken off. Um, there's pros and cons to go in both directions. I love the rodeos up here in the, in the Northwest. I mean, it's hard cause you got the wilderness with the Reno and all those big, good Utah rodeos and they, they love a rodeo. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, the stands are other, always packed, always packed. And then you got the other side, you got your Pendleton's and your Ellensburg's and, and so that's where I I've always been torn. And so I did go wilderness. Um, it's a little easier to make their rodeos. I feel like they're all freeway for me a little bit easier to get to. They don't typically rodeo on Sunday, so I can usually get home and whatnot. Um, so I've went that route, but most of my longtime rodeo friends are in the Columbia river. And then last year I probably made some mistakes on how I entered and I just went wherever I wanted. I went to some wilderness, some Columbia. Mm-hmm. I'd throw Cody Wyoming in there. I mean, wherever, wherever I wanted to go, I went. It backfired on me a little bit and I didn't make the circuit finals. And at the end of the year I was scrambling. And so I've learned, I won't do that again, but I think, yeah, the Columbia river circuit has, has really spearheaded the deal, especially up here. And I mean, it's all I know, so I can't compare it to across the country, yeah. but Jennifer did an amazing job. We were very fortunate early on. She did. She was a huge to. advocate for that. And I, and I don't think that she gets just enough credit for all the hard work she did, you know, talk to those committees and discussed yeah, the roping and asked them for the breakaway and, you know, really was a trailblazer in, in the history of getting breakaway into pro rodeos and opening that, those doors to those first few rodeos. And, and it really opened the eyes to a lot of committees, you know, and so forever yeah. thankful for her and just want to make sure that she gets the notoriety that she has coming. Cause she did take a step out there and really go and forge towards those committees and and really get them involved in the sport of breakaway roping. And, you know, the Northwest is, that is part of, I mean, I love all the rodeos and there's different things about certain places and things, but I do love the Northwest. You know, it's just, uh, it's beautiful country up there. The heritage and the tradition of those rodeos is like no other. And uh, it's something special for sure. So if you have a chance to get to go and make that a something that you can do, I'd say definitely the Northwest run is more fun, but in your opinion, what do you think that we can do as a whole? You know, I know that the, in so many different ways, breakaway roping is is divided and and there can be, you know, the divisions among different things. And I know we all have opinions, but what do you think are some things that we can do to help grow the sport of breakaway roping? Oh, boy, I feel like it's really growing. I think it's getting close to a time there needs to be a rodeo count. I think it's really hard for some people to to do what's what's necessary to make right. the top 15 right now i i think that's that's a stretch i don't know that a rodeo count will fix that i mean once once you get where you can do that you're gonna have to put in that effort anyways um 
the rodeo counts. I think there's still some, you know, getting into rodeos, getting permits filled, that stuff. Um, the limits on some of these rodeos are pretty tight. I don't know. I think just more awareness. I mean, people seem to know what breakaway is now. More and more rodeos are picking it up every day. Mm-hmm. Little girls know what the breakaway roping is. I don't think you're going to be a, at a loss for contestants anytime soon. I mean. Yeah, I agree. The, I just think, I mean, we can just make it better and better for the girls going down the road. And how you do that, I have I have no idea. Yeah. Well, and I think, too, I love to hear the, to hear everybody's opinion and perspective because you know, I do think that it is, obviously it's grown, you know, the first year, I think that it w- we had the NFR, there was 80, maybe 40 rodeos. And mm-hmm. this past year, they said there was over 350 approved. And so that's just huge. You know, I mean, I don't even know a percentage of growth that that would be, but huge. And, uh, you know, I think that it's really neat that these other rodeos are considering putting it in and that uh, the rodeos that have put it in, thankful to them but then there's a lot of rodeos that have had it that are now stepping up to make it equal added money just like all the other Mm -hmm. events and so man I feel like we've taken off and grown super fast and very grateful to the PRCA the WPRA for for the things they've done for us and and really I think just like you said being aware and helping them to understand and voice the opinions and the concerns of what we still think needs to change, you know, and, and delegating some of those things. And, but we have to talk about it. You know, we have to talk about those things. They're not going to read our minds and it is a process. You know, I think that's something we're like, we want it. We want it now, you know, standing out there picketing in the front of the Thomas Mac or something, but which maybe we should get some pitchforks and do it. I don't know, but, and it, it is a process. But yeah, I think just like you said, being aware and talking about it and those listening too, I think is the big thing I'm trying to do this year is listen to other people's perspective and opinions because everybody's different. Yeah. Yeah, no, I think I think there's room for improvement, but it's it's come so far in the last three or four years that I'm just super grateful I can go to the ones I can get to. And, and the rodeos that are adding them up here, I think there'll be even more in the Northwest and I'm sure across the country. So it's great. They take a chance on us. And they've, I think for the most part, people have appreciated the breakaway rovers and what they bring to town. So. Yeah. Load them up, bring your strength. I mean, powder sales have had to have gone out the roof. <laughs> I mean, just saying, Oh my gosh. But I have one last question for you, Shell. If you had to go back and tell your younger self something, what would it be and why? That no matter how hard you think you're working at something you're probably not I mean it took a long time for me to realize I thought I was working hard and then I would meet somebody working harder and then I'd step it up a notch and and so you either choose the hard or the hard chooses you and so I think no matter how hard you think you're working you can work harder and that there is absolutely nothing out there that you, you can't get. I mean, I, I really believe in my heart and my goal is not to make the NFR. I mean, I have other goals, but it's, I know I can do it and I'm not there yet. I'm I'm close, but I know I can do it. And I, I hope whoever's out there that has no clue who I am, that's got a plateful that they don't quit and that they know they can get whatever it is they want as well. I do too. I know and believe 110% that you can do it. And I can't wait to see you do it. I hope I'm standing right there next to you. Well, and my goal is to make 
those winter rodeos. I want to, I want to someday back in the box at Houston, San Antonio, Fort Worth. And those, when that time comes, I don't know how I'm going to do it with my job and my family and leaving home, but I'm going to, I'm going to do it. And there was a time, well, the first year there was Fort Worth when there wasn't as many rodeos I had qualified and I entered and I looked at the money and I looked at the plane tickets and I was like, oh, it's just, it's going to be so hard. And I pulled my name out of the hat and that was the year they added the breakaway. And whether I'd have made it or I wouldn't have, I, I missed an opportunity where I had a chance to put myself in a better position and I didn't take it mm-hmm. and I won't miss the opportunity again. We don't know what's going to happen tomorrow anyway. So nope. don't give up an opportunity to do something that you, you want that you've dreamed of doing. I mean, I, I gave it up because of yeah. money and plane tickets and you'll make more money. I mean, you can always make more money. Yeah. Well, and I, and, and maybe I wasn't ready then. I mean, I've met so many good people rodeo and, and just having you girls stay at the house. And I've got a funny story about how I met JJ. She basically tackled me at Vernal. And <laughs> I mean, just the girls I've met and the connections now, when that day comes and I make it, I mean, I have, I have a, I'll be better prepared to be down there. I mean, I will. Yeah. So when it's your time, it's your time and it'll be fine. But. Well, and I think that that's something that, you know, that's where the fire burns deep within us, all of us, any competitor. And, you know, if you look back, just not even in breakwear opening, just in every sport in rodeo, in in any sport discipline, when it's your time, it's your time. Man, you're on fire, baby. And so, you know, just having the patience and having the confidence, believing in yourself day in and day out, doing what you think it takes, and then some more, you know, I, I think that that's what what champions are made of. And I'm just I'm so honored to be surrounded by such an elite group of women. And I want everybody to know that is we are surrounded. You know, we're not just breakaway ropers. There are so many strong, empowering, courageous women out there. Mm-hmm. And I'm just honored to get to tell your story. Thank you for joining us on In The Loop Breakaway Roping Podcast. I truly appreciate all of your loyal support. Don't forget to leave me a review, share this episode with a friend. And if you have any questions, I want to hear from you. Email me at jordan at thebreakawayropingpodcast.com. Go check us out, sign up for our newsletter, get our email alerts, text alerts, and all things breakaway roping. I appreciate you guys, and I'll see you down the road.